This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. Welcome to Your Itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and this is episode 23. This week features my interview with professional Instagrammer Lauren Bath from Australia. Now, how'd you like to have that job? Speaking of work, I was on the road last week. I was in Pine Mountain, Georgia at a place called Callaway Gardens. Uh, A lot of people in the Southeast are familiar with it. Beautiful gardens and a horticulture center and a pretty famous butterfly garden. But I was there for the Georgia Nature Photographers Association's annual meeting and uh, had a good time seeing a lot of friends and a lot of clients and a lot of my students and uh, actually got to uh, get behind the camera a little bit, do some macro shooting. That was nice and uh, judged the, uh, the contest, and I didn't, didn't receive any bribes, and I wasn't uh, faced with any death threats at the end of the weekend, so that was, uh, that's pretty successful judging. So without further ado, here's Lauren P. Bath. Welcome to Your Itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and my guest today is Lauren Bath. And Lauren is a chef-turned-travel photographer and now describes herself as Australia's first professional Instagrammer. Welcome, Lauren, and thanks for being on the show. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Um, one of the funniest things about this interview so far is that uh, just how long it took us to organize the schedule because you're in Australia and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia <laughs> in the States. So it's uh, 7.30 on Thursday night here and it's what, 10.30 in the morning on yep, Friday 10, in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> took it's, a little bit of uh, working out that one did. Funny. The, uh, and and your, your call sounds more clear than half the people I talk to via Skype in the United States. It's funny. <laughs> God bless the internet. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So first of all, I definitely want to talk about your job. Um, a professional Instagrammer, that's that's a job that I'm sure a lot of people listening uh, would love to have. How, how long have you considered yourself a professional Instagrammer? And tell me kind of what that means. Um, so I considered myself a professional Instagrammer um, at exactly the moment where I quit my job as a chef. Uh, and that was a turning point for me because it meant that the the small opportunities I was getting through Instagram, um, I was now asking for a fee. So I started to earn money straight away uh, two years ago, um, and I'm now going into my third year of working professionally in this brand new exciting industry. Um, so I guess I can call myself a professional Instagrammer because what I'm offering my clients is a marketing uh, reach of people. Uh, those people are my followers on the platform. Um, I don't want to do anything that's really you know, not what I would ordinarily do. So I basically travel. I take the pictures that I would take anyway. Uh, tourism boards pay me to promote their destination, and I've been able to make a living off this. Wow, that is in <laughs> fact a dream job. Yes. Um, did you set out to do that when you started on Instagram? Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, when I started on Instagram, it was still a very, very small and unknown platform in Australia. Um, obviously, it was an American platform, so a lot of Americans were using it in the early days. Um, and to this day, I have a lot of American followers. Um, so when I used it, it was new in Australia. It was only for iPhones. Uh, not many people had heard of it. And I guess I was an early adopter. So when the platform started to explode and the Android market came on and Facebook had the buyout and you know all these massive changes were happening, um, I was really well positioned. I, I was improving my photography through using Instagram. Um, I was not into photography before that time. And, you know, I, I had a good community already and I was regularly trending and just started picking up followers really quickly um, around that time. And 
you know, everything that I did was for the love of it, uh, organically, you know, I, I loved the platform. I loved my community. I loved learning photography and it was, it was just such a natural thing. Uh, wow. when I got to a point that I had a lot of followers and I was thinking, Hey, like there might be something in this. Um, I, at that stage had one of the biggest accounts in the country and certainly for an individual, um, not a celebrity or, or brand or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I had a really good gut feeling that, that something big was going to come of it. And I took that big risk and quit my job. Um, at the time thinking that it would take me a long time and it might not even be possible to monetize and have work in the tourism industry. Um, right. but luckily enough, I had a few good leads. I had the support of tourism Australia and I'd, been mentioned a few times in the media and um i went out and started cold pitching and it happened really quickly to be truthful um there was a lot of hard work involved and there was a lot of risk involved uh, like there is with anything that's worth doing but it paid off quite quickly for me and like i said going into my third year uh the business is really strong um i'm expanding i've (laughs) got plenty of work on lots of interest and I'm still just working hard and putting everything into it, taking it really seriously. Wow. So you said you were not into photography when you started on Instagram. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. So <laughs> a, li- a little known fact. <laughs> that is unbelievable. So did you start off as a like an iPhone photographer using yeah. Instagram or were you, were you uploading? I mean, obviously now it doesn't look like your pictures are from your iPhone. Is that right? No, that's correct. Um, I started on an iPhone, an iPhone 4. Um, I was not into technology. I was not into social media and I was not into photography. Um, I just read a blog post that said Instagram was cool. Uh, I downloaded it. I realized I had to take pictures. So I took the uh, trusty iPhone out for a spin, uh, started getting involved in the community, doing daily challenges, you know, photograph something yellow on this particular day. Sure, yeah. Um, Got, you know, got a little bit creative with it. I was using quite a heavy-handed approach. I used to use um, Hipstamatic. It's a well-known mobile app. Right. Uh, lots of filters, Instagram filters. Uh, the reason I actually got the camera was not for Instagram. It was for a holiday. Uh, I wanted to have, obviously, high-resolution images for my holiday. Uh, and then I just fell in love with photography as well. And being able to share that transition and that change and that journey through Instagram made it completely different to any other photographer. You know, photography is such a personal pursuit for so many people. But for me, it was a very public (laughs) pursuit because everything I was learning, like literally I would say today I want to learn slow shutter and I would say it on Instagram. I'm going out to try and teach myself slow shutter, any pointers, and I'd get advice and I'd meet other people that were doing that style of photography and everything was in the public eye. And if you scroll back through 3,000 images, if you <laughs> ever had a spare hour, you can see that that whole journey. It's all still there on my feed. So you can see the mobile shots and the hipstamatic filtered shots. And, you know, you can see my first DSLR shot where I've said, oh, my God, I just got a camera and look at the clarity. And, and you know, right up to the different techniques I was learning and through to where I am now. And, you know, by no means do I consider myself an accomplished photographer. And there's certainly plenty of things that I will learn and improve at you know, three years is very young for a photographer. So looking forward to just keeping shooting and keeping sharing the journey and this amazing thing that's happened to me, which has been, you know, the transition through to travel photographer and and tourism destination marketer. That is, that is far out. So, (laughs) so no, no photography classes and no online training and things like that other than your community on Instagram. Is that right? Um, when I first got the camera, I did an introduction course, um, through actually the, the guy that sold me the camera, sure. um, but that was very much, 
you know, it didn't even really go into the exposure triangle. It was just hold your camera like this and use a single focus point and right. ISO 400 is versatile and, you know, those sorts of things. Um, I, I also got into photography at the same time as my best friend, um, who was a chef that I used to work with. Oh, that's good. Uh, so we had our cameras. We bought them on the same day, actually. So having somebody that I was seeing every day that was also learning very much spurred me, spurred me on. Um, we would come in and compare techniques and we would shoot together every Wednesday at sunrise and, you know, also be sharing that friendship and that, um, that learning on Instagram. And then, yeah, definitely a lot of it came through Instagram and, you know, finding someone that was amazing at whatever style of photography, portraiture or, you know, macro I even dabbled with. I used to do water drop photography and landscapes and slow shutter and having people that I could ask on this platform and amazing photographers and have them come back and say, sure, you know, you need a neutral density filter. And I'd be on Google like, oh, what's a neutral density filter? (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, I was totally green. Um, But yeah, it was a very fast tracked learning process because of this amazing network and community that I had around me that could help. Wow. And I think that's important for uh, especially someone who wants to be a travel photographer to, as you mentioned, try portrait photography and landscape photography and water drops and all the different techniques you can absorb because travel photography takes all of that and mashes it all up together, depending on on what your your subject is, basically. Yep. now, I noticed, I, I'll admit that I did try to go back and see some of your early work on Instagram, and I just ran out of time. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I scrolled back page after page after page, and then I was just on October 2014. I said, oh, geez. <laughs> so, There's a lot of pictures up there. Sure, sure. That, would you recommend if someone who is trying to build their following on Instagram is, is being that sort of prolific poster an important part of that? Um, I think Instagram is the one platform that you can get away with posting more. Um, you know, you look at Facebook, you know, if you're crowding up somebody's news stream, you know, you can get hate messages like stop posting. Sure. Um, Instagram for me, I've always found that around four posts a day is a bit of a sweet spot. Um, hmm. I stagger them like I'm not going to post four in a row or definitely not 10 or 15 like a lot of people do right. who don't know better. Um, I just think it's it's a nice way of reminding people throughout the day that you exist. Sure. Um, and I don't know, like it's it's a good amount of times to check in. Um, I'm still a very active user, so I'm still liking and commenting. And, you know, I have my own community that I keep up with. And I also like to answer questions and put time into that. And, you know, if I was just going on the platform one time a day, I certainly wouldn't be able to do as much on there as I do having that sort of three to four posts that I'm currently doing. Sure, And absolutely. again, you know, like I said, that's something that happened organically through just trial and error and how much time did I have. And when I was able to monetize and turn professional, um, I just kept at it because that's a really comfortable level for me. And it was not something that was strategic. It was just, that was what I was doing anyway. I wanted to keep things the same. So I kept at it. Nice. And I noticed that um, you have over 350,000, 380,000 followers on Instagram, but your Twitter followers, I think you have, you have barely more Twitter followers than I have. So, Uh, I guess the, I, I, the thing. I, I think that's important to note it because I know a lot of people who think of social media as I need to participate in every single platform there is, and and I know from having tried that myself that basically spreads everything so thin that you you don't get a lot of value out of any of it. So yes. I think your experience definitely proves that. Um, 
surprisingly with Instagram, I find a lot of the Instagrammers um, or high-level, high-end users like myself, um, they don't have any other followers anywhere. Um, people who are into Instagram are just so loyal to the app. Um, as well, it, it takes a lot of time. It's a very time-consuming and it's very fun. And, you know, I really feel like it's my home. That's where my community is, my people are. I feel like I have fun when I use Instagram, even when it's, you know, now my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have worked very hard to also diversify and not put all my eggs in one basket. Um, and I actually have a really decent following on both Facebook and Google+. Ah, right. um, yeah, so Twitter, Twitter's always fallen a little bit shy because I don't use it very often because I don't use it for images. So if I had a lot of time, I think Twitter is something that I could become quite addicted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've certainly been involved in a thread before and it's been really fun and it's very fast paced, which is one of the things I originally liked about Instagram. Um, but I just, I haven't had the time to put into it. Sure. So I always say, you know, Instagram is my bread and butter. It's my priority. It's where I feel at home. So that's where I put 90% of my resources with my social media. Um, and then Facebook and Google Plus right. would be, you know, sort of 8%. And then I'm using a lot of other platforms um, just purely to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on with social media. So I've tried August and Allo and Trova and um, I'm currently using Stella, which I actually really like. Okay. Um, but they're all, you know, the followers there are negligible. It's, you know, a few hundred here, a few hundred there. Right. But, um, but a, nice, a nice way to see what's going on out there and, you know, hopefully try and predict what the next big thing will be and, ha- you know, already be a little bit established at least um, if it happens to be one of the ones I'm using. Sure. And, and based on your experience on Instagram, that's great advice to, you know, be an early adopter, you know, like guys like Trey Ratcliffe on Google Plus. Yes. You know, <laughs> he, he took that right from the start and and is still owning it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, just like like you're doing with Instagram. So yeah. I noticed that pretty much every picture on your Instagram stream has a story along with it. And it's way beyond, you know, a description of the place and a couple of hashtags. Um, how important is that to your business? And is that something that you did originally or is that did that develop um, sort of to add value for your clients? Uh, that is something that I did originally, to be honest. Um, I've always used social media or Instagram as a social platform. So I want people to know about me. Um, again, it was not a conscious decision to do that and I wasn't trying to get anything out of it. I was just being myself. And that has obviously changed and evolved and I've now had the hindsight to be like, well, that works. So <laughs> I'll keep doing that. Sure. But I don't do it for, the, for my business or for that reason. I do it because... I genuinely like sharing what I'm doing and, you know, a lot of the people that have followed me, I follow back. I've got long relationships with, you know, we've been together on this platform and this journey for three years. So, you know, I love sharing the little funny stories and behind the scenes things and, you know, occasionally I'll go through and I'll might be more active with sharing my settings or composition tips and, you know, I'm no expert but, you know, people like to see these things, especially when you consider that the vast majority of my followers are not experienced photographers. So it's really nice for them to, you know, get a few little pointers here and there. Um, I also talk a lot about the destinations I'm in. And again, that's not something I do for my clients. That's something I do because I love to travel. And behind the scenes and what people don't see, I get countless emails um, and they could be anything from somebody who wants to do what I do to a commercial photographer who wants to use social media better, um, right down to Joe Blow who wants to travel to Finland and wants my thoughts on it. 
And, and that's all the sort of stuff that I do out of the goodness of my heart, just because I love to share my journey and, and help other people and let them experience the joy of travel as well. Sure. So basically, you, you started off telling the stories and that that's basically probably where your clients came from, you know, aside from your, you know, you could have a huge following, but if you just post pictures, then, you know, I'm not necessarily going to pay you to come to my destination and share pictures. But if you're sharing pictures and your stories and your personal experience and that, I think that definitely adds value to you as a, as a brand, so to speak. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, it's very similar to a blog in a way, right? You know, I'm posting images and I'm posting stories daily. It's just in a different format. It is. And it's a lot more accessible. You know, you're reaching, yep. I, I notice you're, it's not uncommon for your pictures to have 10,000 likes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very engaged platform, which is what absolutely. I love about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's huge. You know, okay. You've got, you know, 350,000 plus followers, but you know, 10,000 people at least see your picture and like it. So that's, yep. I mean, that's huge. That's great. And what I try and, you know, what I try and do in my philosophy towards the work is I don't, I don't want to advertise. Um, you know, if I wanted to advertise, I could get $1,000 a post to just post somebody else's picture. Mm. That's the sort of crazy money we're talking about. Um, wow. I know Instagrammers that are getting work from brands in America, five-figure, five-figure jobs. Um, so, you know, maybe $10,000 to post a couple of pictures. But wow. it's not the sort of work that I've ever wanted to go into um, because I don't want my followers to feel like I'm trying to sell them something. Right. And the beautiful thing about travel is I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just trying to inspire. And to a lot of people who, you know, they might not read magazines anymore. They might get all their news through Facebook. Um, they might not watch TV. They might have Netflix. So they don't really have a lot of exposure to the advertising that we used to 10 years ago. Right. So, you know, it's just people are always looking to be inspired. And if I'm in a destination that inspires people, then, you know, fantastic, I've done my job. And if they can come to me a year later and say, you were in Alberta one year ago, can you tell me about it? Then, you know, I've done my job again. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, a, it's really nice. And I get to shoot exactly the sort of images I love. I'm not doing anything that puts me out of my comfort zone. I'm not putting the hard sell on anybody. I haven't, I mean... I hate to use the words, but I haven't sold out in any way. I feel really happy about the work that I'm doing. Right. And I, I, honestly, I think that comes across in your work and in your, your Instagram stream. You don't come across as someone who is, is now, you know, okay, now I'm going to monetize my, my photography. It, it just feels very organic and, and like you're telling the story of your travels and enjoying it. And, and I think that's great. Yeah, and I think the, the odd person that does say, you know, and I still get it. You do get a, a small amount of hate through Instagram. So the odd person that says, you know, you've sold out and, you know, you're making money off this, then I just say, of course, I'm making money. Like, how do you expect me to live? All right. I have <laughs> you know, to if eat. I, if I remained being a chef, um, I would be making a living, but I would not be traveling. And the shots that I would be posting on Instagram would be just the same thing I always used to do, Gold Coast. Um, uh. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And certainly, I had a full year of shooting, you know, the place that I live, which is a beautiful location, but it wouldn't be the inspirational travel, exotic, you know, you never know where I'm going to end up next um, profile that it is today. Right. So, you know, yes, I've monetized, but I've done it in a way that, that like I said, it feels very organic to me and, and I hope to the, the majority of my followers. Yeah. I've, I've been a musician my whole life too. And, and that, that reminds me of, of bands who play the music that they love. And then suddenly they, somebody decides to sell records for them and people get mad at them. But you know, <laughs> if, if you're playing your own music and people start to like it, then I, you know, how can you fault somebody for that? Right. Absolutely. 
Well, let's talk about your workflow. Um, you mentioned that you started with the iPhone and that you moved into a DSLR. How about now? What's um, are, are you editing everything on the computer first? Or are you uploading from the road? How does that work? Uh, yes, I use a laptop. I travel with a laptop. Um, I don't have the luxury that commercial photographers have or even serious landscape photographers to sit and dabble with images for hours. Um, the work that I do is very in the moment. So I'm shooting, editing, and posting while I'm in a destination. So if I go somewhere for one week, um, I'm contracted to do, say, 28 posts for a day mm -hmm. um, of anything that I like. Um, but I have to be putting those shots out while I'm taking them virtually. So a very common day for me would be um, up at the crack of dawn, shooting sunrise. Uh, directly after sunrise, I'd go to a cafe, have a coffee, uh, load up my, my pictures onto my laptop, uh, start sorting through the ones that I want to edit, um, edit maybe half a dozen of my favorites um, as a starter, put them all through Photoshop, um, save them out as high res, Facebook resize and Instagram squares um, straight into a Dropbox. So they all upload automatically. Um, I retrieve them off my telephone, obviously, for or my iPhone, right. um, obviously, for my Instagram uploads. Um, and then I also have the high resolution files there for Google Plus, And I have the Facebook resized images there if I want to do a Facebook post. Um, so I would ed, um, upload straight away. I've done my edits. I would upload something straight away and then I'd go out shooting again because I've sort of got a bit of a backup from sunrise, but you know, I don't want to post six shots of the same sunrise. Sure. So I've got them sitting there, but I'm out looking for new scenes and new things to show and new parts of the destination. Um, so I would shoot throughout the day, more editing, more uploading in the afternoon. Um, same again, I'm always shooting sunset. I regularly shoot during the night, depending on the location and what the weather's doing. Um, and I'm uploading in the evening as well. So <laughs> lots of, lots of work. It's not like, it's not like traveling how you would do it if it were a holiday. Um, I'm working sometimes, well, most days, 14 hours a day, mm -hmm. um, with all of that. But my work could be sitting on Instagram for an hour. My work could be going up in a helicopter and taking a few shots off the helicopter, um, and my work could be sitting in the cafe having a nice breakfast and, and working through some edits. So it's it's really nice work, but it's it's full on and it's time consuming. Right. I sort of live, eat, sleep and breathe social media and social photography when I'm on a campaign. Right. I, I think that's important for people to remember when you think, oh, I'm going to be a professional Instagrammer. But this has been, <laughs> you know, 24-7 for you basically for three years and Absolutely. you are on the ground floor. And there, I mean, there's no ground floor on Instagram right now. So this is not... You know, nobody's going to jump in here and take your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of work. Well, how about um, uh, Wi-Fi enabled cameras? Have you gotten into any of that? Um, I did try for a little while. I was using a little wireless adapter with a Nikon D600, mm -hmm. um, which I'm not shooting on that model anymore, which is why I stopped using it. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really cut back on a lot of time. And because one of, the, one of the services that I offer with my clients is that I provide the images in high resolution. Sure. Um, it's only for social media. I'm not sort of taking away from commercial photography and trying to get in there, um, rip myself off either. That's so it's for social media use. But if I'm, if I'm using a wireless device with a camera, I'm getting the shots over to my mobile and maybe editing them in Snapseed in a square so I've got something to immediately upload. Right. I haven't gone through that workflow that has enabled me to have my shots there in the bag in Dropbox ready for my client. I so with the, with the workflow that I have, I can literally leave a destination and 90% of my work is done. And all I really have to do after that is I do a small report, 
um, which sort of outlines the media value and all the impressions and, you know, feedback and how many followers they gained and bits and pieces. Um, mm-hmm. So I do that. I do up the invoice and I email the client and say, here's all the images um, in Dropbox. Make sure to remind them that it's for social media use only and it has to be credited. Uh, send them through that report and a spreadsheet and send them through my invoice all at once. And that's, you know, a very small part of the handover. The main part is the editing and having all that in place and having the images uploaded and, and all of that engagement and interaction on the images and the destination content. And that all happens while I'm in the destination. Wow. Which is really great. And even though it's a lot of work, I know sometimes I'll lead a workshop and I'll come home with, you know, it could be 2000 images that yeah. I now have to go through and I'll, because, yes. you know, while I'm teaching, I'm, I'm obviously not spending the time like you're taking to go through my own images and that, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that sounds wonderful to me <laughs> to get home and just, just <laughs> well, to be, be done, you know. I guess, I guess it's important to mention, and we haven't actually talked about this before, but I'm also doing um, project management as well. So occasionally I'll go in as an influencer and I'll just do the work that we've been chatting about this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times I might put a project together. And, you know, the biggest one I've ever done was a recent job in Dubai. Um, I took 24 Australian Instagrammers uh, to Dubai. Uh, it was a massive job. It was a massive marketing campaign. And I was basically in charge of all of the influencers, contracting, um, you know, pitching and, and all the marketing um, sure key performance indicators and things with the client. So that particular job, because I had so many people that I was helping to co-host and that I was responsible for, Mm -hmm. I didn't have those sort of luxury hours sitting in a cafe, quietly picking through my images, you know, with with that many people, there's always somebody that's got a headache and somebody that has questions (laughs) and something. (laughs) So, (laughs) when, when I'm doing the project management work, I find that I get a little bit behind, um, number one. Um, number two, I'd say my photography suffers to an extent because I do put the needs of the group above my own shooting. I don't sort of just take off and say, well, so long, everyone, find your own spot, I'm off. Sure. <laughs> I sort of make sure everybody's settled and they know you know, where they are and where they can shoot and what their options are. So it's a very different job for me and that work is obviously more uh, all-consuming, um, but I enjoy it just as much because I also enjoy the business and the marketing and the tourism side of what I do, not just the creative side that the photography brings. Sure, sure. And, and I'm, I'm basically the same way with the workshops. And uh, as you mentioned, when I'm teaching, I'm not thinking about my own photography most yeah. of the time. You know, I end yeah. up sneaking some shots basically, but I think that's the difference in a, in a good, um, like you said, project manager or workshop leader or tour guide at all is to put the needs of your clients first. So absolutely that's important. Yeah. Very similar. Cool. This has been very interesting. I'm going to, um, I'm going to wrap up this episode with my usual five questions and hopefully I can get you back on, uh, some other time to, to talk some more. But, um, so the first question is basically in two parts It's what's your current photo gear set up and mm-hmm. has that changed in the last year? Okay. Uh, that's an easy one. Um, so I'm currently shooting on the Nikon D 800, um, because I love the dynamic range of the camera. Uh, I have the full kit of professional lenses, uh, 14 24-70 2.8, 70-200 2.8, and a couple of prime lenses, uh, teleconverter, flash, remotes. Um, I use Manfrotto tripods. I use Lee filters, and I use F-stop bags. And that has not changed in the last year. Uh, Although I will say the F-stop bags are quite new um, because I was having some back issues Mm -hmm. and they were recommended to me by another well-known photographer, Colby Brown. Um, So Colby recommended that I try the F-stop 
um, and the company gave me a really competitive price and I'm just loving it and my back's been a lot better since I made the switch. Very cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people who use those. They're, they're uh, yeah, really they're well great. thought of. Cool. Um, so what do you do on the road to make your hotel room or wherever you're staying feel like a home away from home? Uh, not much. I don't spend a lot of time in the hotel room, to be honest. Um, although I guess the, the first thing I do is usually pull out my laptop, um, find a PowerPoint and a little, you know, sometimes there's a little desk or a nook and I'll get that laptop set up and pull my hard drives out so that everything's there and easy um, and all my charges as well. So I'll sort of lay all that out so that, you know, when I'm running in and I've only got half an hour, I can get everything plugged in and charging and dumping memory cards and all that stuff. Cool. Well, from a photography standpoint, what's your favorite place that you visited lately? Oh, that I've visited lately. You know, I always hate this question because I I feel like I owe a lot of my clients <laughs> um, <laughs> to say their destination. Um, but to be honest, it would be Alberta in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first taste of the Rocky Mountains. Yep. Um, and I fell in love with it on that first trip. And I've been very fortunate enough to go back, been back three times now. And I'm going for my fourth visit um, very soon. Actually, at the end of the month, I'll be back to Canada. Nice. And uh, what's next? Where are you looking forward to visiting and shooting next? Oh, I've got a lot of really exciting projects on this year. Um, I guess for something wildly different, I'm really looking forward to going to India, uh, which I'm actually doing with Intrepid Travel. They're a um, Australian-based touring company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're worldwide now, so similar to sort of that Contiki top deck, but you know, more adventure-driven. And I don't know, like I, I really like the sounds of the company. We're talking at about working together in the long run, so not just one project. And the first place they're sending me is India. Nice. And it's going to be hot and just different and colorful and, you know, I'm just the smells and the sights, something that I'm really looking forward to. Very cool. I was just talking to some another photographer about India this afternoon. That's Maybe that's, uh, a, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> go to India. There I mean, go. yeah, it's, it's going to be completely different to anything I've seen before. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Lauren. Like I said, hopefully I can uh, I can get you back on to talk about some uh, some more of, of your Instagram work. Um, where can the listeners find out more about you online? Um, well, Instagram, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life story is on Instagram. Um, if you Google my name, look, there's been a fair bit of um, you know media attention around the work that I've done, which has been fantastic. You know, even things like this, I love taking part in in anything really that will get my name out there and get people looking at my work and, and interested in what I'm doing. So, you know, Google Lauren Bath and have a look. There'll be a few articles up there and, you know, probably links to my Facebook and my Google Plus. And if you wait for maybe a week's time, uh, com should be live. Um, so I've finally got my shit together and I've got a website coming. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I think the first time I heard your name was on the uh, Manfrotto website. Um, oh, wow. The blog Great. post that you did on there just a week or two ago, actually. Yeah, I've uh, been writing for them again. Um, this is my second stint doing some posts for Manfrotto and um, chatting to them about being a brand ambassador as well, So, which is fantastic because I've used Manfrotto right from the start. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thanks again for being on, and, and I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot, Rob. You bet. If you like what you hear on your itinerary, please tell all your friends about it and stop by iTunes and leave us some positive feedback and give us a few stars. And be sure to connect with us over on Twitter at Your Itinerary and drop us a line with any comments or suggestions. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. 
Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography.